0: Morning, welcome
1: back! Yay, we're back.
0: Who are we? I don't
2: know. Hi, welcome. <laughs> Let's start <laughs> over. Okay. Hi. Uh, hi, this is why do we own this DVD podcast where we talk about our DVD collection, and we're in the kind of in the middle of Harry Potter month. Kind of in the middle, almost in the middle.
1: Yeah, we're in the middle. I mean, it's... Um, well,
2: eh, we're in the middle of a bottle.
1: We're in the middle of the books. Sure.
2: Um, yeah, it's Harry Potter month, and we are talking about what I consider to be, I think, the best movie and book. I don't know. Movie. I think it's the best movie of the bunch. Um, it's up there with the books. It certainly... Changed the
1: course of the books for me.
2: Um, we're talking about <clears throat> Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban.
1: If you're wondering. This is, yeah, this is definitely the one where it the 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 mood definitely switches.
2: Yep, yeah.
1: But yeah, I like it. It's good.
2: So this movie came out June 4th, 2004. It was, the first two had come out, uh, boom, boom, November, just a year apart. They um needed extra time. They wanted extra time for this one, because it was was such a change. So this was the first spring opening. I remember when we saw this movie. We saw it in the morning.
1: Oh, was this one supposed to have come out? Well,
2: at first they're you know they're thinking oh we're gonna the previous year. They were kind of thinking that, but they Uh they decided on a uh, an eighteen month. Mm -hmm. Um.
1: So like a year would be too short, and two years would be too long.
2: Probably so and they're still you know they're gonna get that you know kind of Memorial Day type crowd you know mm. it's not an odd time to open the movie but yeah we saw this uh, in Pasadena I remember we it was a, we saw it a a morning showing did we yeah we did and we're uh, thinking it was weird I don't remember that um we walked to the paseo um
1: did we watch it like opening day
2: no it was a Saturday it wasn't
1: even opening day we just went to a
2: I think it was the day after it opened. Oh, okay. okay. Um, weird. Yeah. But, even, even
1: for us, that's weird.
2: Yeah. We went to, I mean, now it's like I prefer Saturday morning showings. That's my that's my favorite time to go see a movie is like well, like a yeah, like a 10 or 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning because my bladder isn't full at that point. I've been <laughs> drinking stuff all day. I don't have to worry. Like, oh, God, I'm going to have to pee because I've been drinking coffee all day. I'm bright. I'm fresh. I'm not tired. The crowds are kind of my... Th- Style of crowd. It's my favorite time to see a movie if I have to go see one. Mm, okay. But I get it. But yeah, this uh, first two, uh, if you remember, they're directed by uh, Chris Columbus. Uh, he decided to take a backseat to this one because he hadn't seen his family in a year. Or what his quote was I haven't seen my own kids for supper in um, about two and a half years.
1: <laughs> so, what, was he. Was it planned for him to do all of them? He or?
2: was, you know, obviously you do the first two and then, you know, people kind of uh, like, oh, so the third one. But then um, he decided not to return. So that's when they started. He kind of made the decision before it was even, you know, he probably decided during the second one by in his head. Like, uh-huh. you know what? I should probably, but this will be my last one. They
1: never had the <clears> idea <throat> that one director would do them all.
2: I have no idea. I don't know.
1: That's that seems like a a huge undertaking. I can you imagine? Because that seems a little crazy.
2: I mean, David Heyman. No, not David Heyman. Who's the guy who who did the last? Mike Newell. No, he did Goblet of
1: Pir- Oh, um,
2: um, you know, the last like four, three. Started with Order of the Phoenix.
1: Hey Google, who directed Order of the Phoenix?
2: David Yates. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, David Yates.
2: So, you know, he did <clears throat> four that and then the Fantastic Beasts he's done. So I mean he's fully invested in this now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think um a wise decision was made when they hired Alfonso Coron. Cu- Coron I'm gonna say Corone I don't care. I'm not gonna try to make it sound like I'm not. Um He had been on a a list of possible directors. Guillermo del Toro was approached to direct.
1: He's friends with Guillermo, isn't he? Yeah, right. him
2: and uh, the th- uh, the third guy. Ámbar. No, Amod- no, he's Spanish. He's Mexican. The other one. Um. um oh, I can't remember his name. coron
1: Did coron do Birdman?
2: No, that's the other guy I'm no, trying right. to think of. Okay,
1: I'm, yeah. yeah, the Birdman guy. The
2: Birdman guy. Hey Google, who directed
1: Birdman? <laughs> Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Iñárritu. Yep. Um, Coron did Gravity.
1: Because Inertia was the Revenant, revenant yep. guy, right? Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Yeah, and Cor- Coron did Gravity. Oh, and, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Roma this past year. Yep. He Maybe, did the Roma yeah. one, one. One for both of those, which is pretty amazing that he's had quite Coron the...
1: seems, like, when you see, like, all the EPK stuff, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. EPK, you know EPK is no, electronic press kit. Oh, 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 that's a new one for me. Um, when you see him in all that stuff, he looks like a fun, light, lively guy. And then you look at some of the movies he's done, like ooh, these are dark and heavy. Yeah. (laughs) Like ooh. Well. And then you look at you look at Asghari, like ooh, this is a dark movie. It's like not. And this is one of his earlier ones. It doesn't have like a fun overall tone to it, really. I mean, you you can There's, find the fun points, yeah. but it's not like a fun romp.
2: Yeah. It's definitely different from Chamber of Secrets. But yeah, um, Del Toro was was approached. Um, Mark Foster, who did Finding Neverland, like he said uh-huh. he didn't want to work with kids again. <laughs> Aw, pretty high more. <laughs> um, Shyamalan. Wait, it
1: was... Freddie of the only kid in that movie? No, there were other. Children. Oh, okay. I was gonna say was, that's a burn on Freddie Van. No. Jeez, he
2: just didn't want to direct child actors again. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's kind of weird.
1: But well, and then especially if you look at Harry Potter, there's it's two hundred kids. kids.
2: Yeah, it's all kids. You really, <laughs> got that.
1: what a
0: nightmare.
2: Uh, Shyamalan was considered, but he was doing The Village. Uh, thank God. Oh, good for him. Um, Branna, really? why not? Um, and then he turned it down i don't know what he was just for couldn't tell you what he was doing then del
1: toro i really wanted a del toro harry potter that
2: would have been i mean this was two years before pan's labyrinth it wouldn't have worked i don't think he, we might not have gotten pan's labyrinth or maybe but we got at a later date but if his would have been but he didn't want to do it because um he saw the first two and they were too bright and happy for him uh-huh. <laughs> um so I don't know if he was just thinking oh I can't follow that and obviously you don't follow it but you know he probably wasn't I think
1: also with there, w- there's not enough creatures for him to play with in this one yeah if you, I gave, mean, there's him, if you gave him like a, a later one you, there's, if they would have put more. the blast
2: ended scroots in this movie yeah. like they had in the book <laughs> is that
1: what Haggard covers up in I was t- thinking
2: that last yeah. night um, it might be I mean, it might be a, a nod to it.
1: Like he throws a blanket over something when.
2: Yeah, when they come in. I was thinking last night, because I don't know if I've ever even thought of that before, but I thought of it last night. I'm like, I wonder if that was a blast-ended scroot. Hmm. 'Cause Because they, they're, they're talked about a lot in the
1: books. There's like a whole chapter on it. Well, isn't it's there? their
2: first, you know, it's Hagrid's first assignment, really, is how to grow blast-ended scroots. And, you know, buckbeak. And then. Is. He has a couple other things that he shows them in the.
1: Was Buckbeak the first lesson, though? I think so. Right, and then okay.
2: Yeah. Was it? I don't remember because then there when when after Draco gets hurt though, then he's like okay. Flobber flobberworm.
0: <laughs> Too much cabbage. Too
2: much cabbage. <laughs> and I don't remember if that was that the third one was that the fourth one. I don't know. I feel like when you were reading the fourth one, that happened.
1: I don't remember. The
2: Fall Rooms died because he fed them too much cabbage. I, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we get to Alfonso Corone. He was uh, a little nervous about um, accepting because he hadn't read any of the books. Um, then he read the series.
1: You read the series? Up to
2: that point, so 2004. So Order of the Phoenix would have just come out a year before. So, so he read five books. Jesus. It doesn't take long if you fully commit to it.
1: I mean, plus you're, you know.
2: And then... Uh, he said, okay, I'll do it. Damn. Good um, for him. Cause he immediately connected to the story. He said, so one of his first things that he did with the, the main actors was give, give them an, an assignment, um, to write an autobiographical, wow. autobiographical essay about their character written in the first person, starting, uh, spanning birth to the discovery of the magic world, including the character's emotional experience. Um, and he says a oh, Rupert Grin's essay Rupert he says that Rupert didn't deliver the essay when I questioned why he didn't do it he said I'm Ron 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 wouldn't do it he said okay you do understand your character so I thought <laughs> that was so funny because it was so perfect is that just
1: Rupert's way of going I don't want to do this how do I get it he's like I know
2: what I'll say either way he's right Ron wouldn't have he would have copied off of you know Hermione
1: or he would have um, gotten like one or four of Frederick George's essays. Assuming yeah. they would have had to have done it when they were that age.
2: It's like I got your essay, but since you have a twin brother, I don't. I don't... <laughs> yeah, you don't know. I I do. Um, it was the first Harry Potter film released into IMAX theaters using IMAX technology. We did not see it in IMAX. I had no idea that it was. I saw
1: nope the womping no, willow scene would have been great on on an imax oh yeah That big sweeping because yeah. i wondered why some of those shots existed i'm like was this supposed to be like shot in 3d no you i didn't know? see any
2: obvious 3d shots
1: well it's the, like the- willow side because her feet come oh at you, her face comes at you
2: yeah i think that I mean, it, it didn't her, look like a 3D like grab. Her, you know how you
1: can... Yeah, but I mean... It, <laughs>
2: what we think thinking where They're so obvious. Like, I know.
1: I don't remember the prodding stuff and everything. Yeah. yeah. But, but... Yeah, that big sweep when she's getting swung around. Just to see her go from end to end on the theater would be great.
2: Yeah. Um. We get... um. So we have our same cast, base cast, as the other two. We get some... Uh, new characters. We get Michael Gambon now as mm-hmm. Dumbledore. It's his first, his first role. I mean, his first movie as Dumbledore. Um,
1: Richard Harris died before number two was he released. He died a
2: right? like, just like three weeks before Chamber of Secrets okay. opened. Um, he asked not to be recast before he died. Wait, wait, what? Richard Harris, like on his deathbed, he's like, "Please don't recast me." And they're going, "You're."
1: Well, oh, he he'd wanted Dumbledore to just die after the second movie, then.
2: Despite his despite his, ilme- his illness, Harris was determined to film his part telling a visiting David hayman not to recast the role. Um 4 months after his death, uh they chose his his replacement. Um there were rumors of Ian McKellen being offered the role. Um of course he turned him down. He's like I'm Gandalf, I can't. That's <laughs> just too much. Um
1: I mean, I can see him doing it, but I guess
2: uh, Richard Harris's family requested that Peter O'Toole be cast. I don't know how old Peter O'Toole was in two thousand two. I don't know if he's still alive right now. I have actually I have
1: no idea. Wait, no, isn't Peter O'Toole dead?
2: I I don't know because isn't
1: that that the whole Paul Tompkins story of?
2: Hey Google, is Peter O'Toole dead? He died in 2013. So he was still well alive in 2002. Thank you. Cora's like,
1: who is talking? Yeah, because Paul Tompkins has that story of Peter O'Toole when he went to go get his the autobiography signed. Uh-huh. And then when, after he had he'd already been dead and then his wife had seen like a, a headline. Oh, yeah, you told me that story. She's like, oh, no, Peter O'Toole died. And he's like, oh, no. And then he, <laughs> he realized, wait, I already tweeted about this four years ago <laughs> it was like a, oh a yeah 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 headline. yeah yeah <coughs> um, no,
2: he was alive when he requested but um the cast I mean the makers were they approached Michael Gambon and yeah I think it's a great choice I
1: I would never have if if you showed me like Sleepy Hollow everyone from Sleepy Hollow one of these will be the new Gandalf I mean the new Gandalf the <laughs> new Dumbledore i have been like really really which one i would not have like, chris really <laughs> i wouldn't have been able to pick yeah because he doesn't he was to look like what your to hair me. Is.
2: i know i i had seen sleepy hollow but i didn't know who he was in sleepy hollow i wasn't paying attention to him so when they cast a new one i was like i don't know who that guy is um but he immediately makes an impression and he definitely grows on you and by the end of the movie you're like there's my dumbledore that's how I felt last night. After he's like, did
1: what? Yeah, watching the <laughs> basically the time turner scene was. Yeah. You know,
2: yeah.
1: This is where I. Actually, no, not for me. For me, the one is when. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: It's when they're all sleeping in the great hall. Yeah. But when he's just talking about Harry. Uh huh. Letting him dream, you know, mm-hmm. work because in dreams. Yep. Yeah. He can swim in the uh-huh. deepest oceans and.
2: I like... It's our, our physical. I can't say the word. Physic I can't say
1: it. What are you trying to say?
2: Psychological. Nope. Physiological.
1: Uh, sure.
2: Dumbledore coming out. The...
1: The embodiment of... I don't know. What do you... D-
2: I haven't had... Words. I'm still on my first cup of coffee. Okay. Hasn't kicked in.
1: But yeah, that, that great hall scene was... I was like, oh, I like this guy.
2: Um
1: you can see the compassion in dumbledore yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: which yeah you get glimpses of it you know in the first two but
2: but not much cuz really richard harris didn't have much to do
1: no he just dumbledore had a few lines he sat at the table and would talk deliver yeah. deliver speeches once in a while
2: yeah um and i don't know if that was just physical like he was old and he's like you know i just want to Speak my lines. I don't want to do anything active. I mean, Dumbledore three and on is very active, but because
1: he doesn't, Dumbledore doesn't get involved really in in a whole lot in the first. No,
2: and I there's really yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just and I don't know if it's just because I know Michael Gambon more now because we did get five movies Mm -hmm. with him as opposed to two. So now, when we do think of Dumbledore, we kind of forget about Richard Harris well, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, um, but you know, there's people out there who are like, you know, not my Dumbledore. hashtag Yeah, you know, bullshit. <laughs> um, who are you know? They could be Richard Har- Harris purists. I don't know. I don't know how you can be. You can like them both and like what they did with both. But I think as a character, Dumbledore does get more involved anyway in the books too, from oh. three on, because he knows he has to because. Shit's getting real and he has to. He can't just be a bystander anymore, which I think in the first two, he kind of was like, well, we don't know what's happening. I'm just going to sit back and whatever.
1: I do like that Richard Harris was determined to. To finish his role in like essentially a kid's movie, you know? Yeah. I I, I like that. I mean, here's this great British actor. You would Mm -hmm. think British stoicism yeah, and he's doing a, essentially a kids' movie, and he yeah. he wants to see it through. I, mean, I yeah. like that. Yeah, you know, which
2: and then say, "Don't recast yeah, me." I mean, <laughs> the gall of him!
1: <laughs> I mean, it's it's so good, though. I mean, it's because it isn't because it obviously wasn't just some throwaway role for him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You yeah. know, it wasn't just some silly thing he did.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, he it was something that mattered to him, which is nice.
2: Which you mean, you know, when first approached, some of these. British actors might have thought oh what's this um anyway so who else is new uh David Thewlis as R.J. Lupin uh the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher at Hogwarts this year um a favorite of a lot of people
1: do I think what I know David Thewlis from before
2: really nothing I didn't Our cat, she's insane. Cora, stop I it. didn't know. I didn't know him uh, before two thousand four. Cora, just stop getting distracted. It. Let her run around. Mm.
1: David Thewlis was in.
0: Huh?
1: Um
2: yeah, You don't know, do you? Shit. You're going to Google. He was in. looks different. Oh, he's in the Avatar sequels. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at what happened before 2004, and uh, it's all British stuff. I don't know. Uh, he was in Dragonheart in 1996. That's the one I'm thinking of. Dylan, the, I, he was in Dr. Moreau. No. Same yeah, here. I never yeah, yeah. saw Dragonheart. Um,
1: yeah, Dragonheart. He's seven the years he gets, in Tibet.
2: He was in The Big Lebowski. I never saw that.
1: Yeah, in Dragonheart, he gets the dragon's heart. He gets half the dragon's heart. Oh,
2: okay. <coughs> uh, he's in Kingdom of Heaven, the following year, after Aswyn. Um, yeah, so he plays Professor Lupin, um, who we found out was a friend of James.
1: James and Lily.
2: And Lily, um, and. Right away you're like, Oh, this is an actual competent uh teacher. Um, starting with his, his first one of his first lessons where they uh he introduces them to introduces them to Boggarts and how to defeat them. A bogart is something that takes the shape of something you fear.
1: And it does it it takes the shape of the person it's facing, right? Because that's why they're able to stand in the line and it only yeah. changes to one thing at a time
2: yeah yeah whatever yeah
1: whatever it's looking at so I wonder if yeah I wonder if cause when Lupin in jumps
2: it, in front of Harry and it changes to what uh, Lupin's afraid of
1: But I, like I wonder if if you were all standing in a, in a room and you it would get confused would it not know what to turn into Well, I mean, I guess it would have to just, how would you know that it's looking at you until you see the thing that it turns into? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because it doesn't have any, you don't know what it looks like because it. Yeah, it's shapeless essentially. Yeah. Until it it assumes a shape. Yeah. So it's not like you're making eye contact with it and then it changes. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: if everyone's looking at it, you don't know which one it's looking at until, because what if you have a similar fear to someone else, but it's. Something more specific with that turns mm-hmm. into. Uh huh. But you think, oh, that's my fear. But then,
2: Yeah, I don't know. You'd have to talk to the the author about that one. Uh, I don't know. So uh, David Thulis had actually auditioned for the role of Quirrell in Sorcerer's Oh, I could Stone. totally see that. Um,
1: but I'm glad he didn't get it.
2: <laughs> he didn't get it, um, but he was Quirrell's first choice for um, Lupin. And he took the role, he accepted the role on advice from Ian Hart, who actually played Quirrell. And told him that Professor Lupin was quote the best part of the book. <laughs> Ian Hart told him that, so which is, Ian Hart had read the book. Yeah, and he's like, take it because he's the best part of the book, which second best after our next new cast member. <laughs> he's pretty awesome though. <laughs> um, but he, you know, he had seen the first two films and he had only read part of the first book. <laughs> but then after reading the, th- finally read the third one, and then he's like, okay, huh. I. I cool. see the benefit of this character. and um, Yeah, he was friends. He attended Hogwarts in the 70s with uh, James and Lily and Snape. Uh, he and Snape don't get along. We could see that. Um, mm-hmm. They first, uh, so the trio first, first meets him on the train to Hogwarts on the way to their third year. And he's a mysterious figure sleeping there. Is he actually sleeping? No, nah, I he- don't think so. He just has his face covered with his cloak. Because he doesn't whatever. want to deal with kids yeah.
1: <laughs> before he has to. But
2: then uh, there's another new thing, a new creature monster we meet in this movie called a Dementor. And they are floaty, kind of cloaked, skeletal, hooded f- things. They're,
1: they're ringwraiths, essentially. Yeah. But way fucking scarier. It's scarier.
2: Because that scene, I love that scene on the train. You, the lights go out the train uh-huh. stops and it gets really cold
1: the windows get iced the w- up the and-
2: windows get iced up and then you see this thing floating in right into their to their car their car that they're in
1: to their little cabin and
2: basically the point of a of a dementor is to um, suck out all the happiness until it sucks out your soul right I mean
1: yeah because that's the bit we see that's hovering over
2: mm we haven't talked about him yet but yes um so when they meet this Dementor on the train, they're all like, "Oh!" They get all, whatever. And Harry, because I think
1: Ron says, "I felt like I would never be happy again, and
2: never be cheerful again." But Harry reacts a different, a little different. He actually, he hears a woman screaming, and he passes out. Uh-huh. And basically, what he finds out from Lupin is that Dementors they feed off of your your um most
1: what? your strongest memories? your strongest memory
2: your um, though they, they force you to relive... What's, what is his quote? Re, they, I don't remember. Why but, did you write that one? I, because it's not. Um, so the, the woman screaming that Harry hears was actually his mom. Uh-huh. And it was the moment that Voldemort came in and, and, and killed her and James. So he's hearing... And Harry
1: kind of figures it out that it's his yeah,
2: mom. Because, I, Cause, I mean, he
1: has no other reference. Like, who else would it be?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So... Lupin kind of becomes, I would say, like a father figure at first to Harry. But Harry really, you know, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is when Harry can't go to Hogsmeade, uh-huh. and so he's stuck at school, and he he's talking. To he Lupin. talks to Lupin on that like bridge, and it's one of my favorite scenes. This is when we
1: Harry realizes that he knew his parents though.
2: because he's like, I don't know if anyone ever told you, but you have your mother's eyes. He's like, you have your mother's eyes, and then Harry looks at him. He's like, oh yes. I, I, I knew, you know, I knew your mom and you're, you know, and he, we find out, he's like, your mom was there for me at a time when no one else was. Uh-huh. And so we're like, oh, he knows Lily and James. And he's like, your father, however, had a, <laughs> had you a know. penchant
1: for getting in trouble.
2: Yeah. Which I hear you've taken after yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But yeah so he kind of becomes, you know, you know, close with Harry. Yeah. And he teaches him. Um, um the the spell to get rid of a dementor cuz Harry's like ha, I don't want to run into these things again cuz I'm the only one who faints when they <laughs> when he sees them and he's like well there you know there's a spell for that um expecto patronum a one a fan favorite I think so he gives Harry lessons on how to how to do expecto patronum where you have to think of your happiest memory that you can scrounge mm-hmm. up and put all that into Spell. You put it into the spell, yeah. And it will um, create a Patronus, which is.
1: um, It's essentially a a magic spirit animal.
2: Yeah, it's takes the shape of, you know, each one, each person has their own Patronus. Yeah. Did you take, what is yours? Mm. Did you take that quiz? There's, you know, on Pottermore, they had.
1: Oh, I did. Mine was was, some kind of bird. Was it a bird? I had some kind of eagle. I had a cat.
2: Mine was some kind of cat.
1: Yeah, I had a bird of some kind. And Kira
2: had like a. She She had a cat, too, but it was a different kind from mine, I think.
1: Yeah, I don't remember what her cat was. I do remember that, but yeah. Yeah, mine was some kind of large bird, like an eagle-type bird. I forget. Yeah,
2: that sounds familiar. Um, We find out more about Patronuses and everyone else's Patronuses more in, like, Order of the Phoenix, um, when we get to see what everyone's Patronus is, when everyone learns how to do that spell. But Harry hasn't created one yet. He hasn't got a strong enough... He can create like the light that comes out but he hasn't been able to form an actual Patronus yet. Yeah, he
1: can create kind of like a almost like a It's like a, a shield. glow.
2: Yeah, it's like a shield that like a flat. And it's a very small one that he made, but he does it, uh-huh. you know, and it's lesson. enough
1: to hold one dementor the Yeah, day. I mean it
2: was a bogart. I mean, pretending you, I mean, to be yeah. a dementor and he's like just remember that was just a Boggart. It's nowhere near as strong as what an actual dementor is, but um
1: but in, okay so the dement I mean the So the Boggart, though. Mm-hmm. can it be can a boggart actually be destroyed
2: i don't think it can like if you like uh, if
1: i don't know so if you turned it into something real mm-hmm. like like a spider like ron okay could you kill that spider the way you would kill a spider and then that would then the boggart would die or does a boggart always just exist and you have to just contain them is that
2: i always thought you just had to contain them they're always there
1: so they're like ghosts you just can't um because you can't re-kill a ghost you can't
2: because even like in muggle net like definition says to repel or destroy a boggart it must be laughed at the spell ridiculous can be cast to force the boggart to assume a generally assuming shape of what the caster um, mentally conceives um
1: well, they did say destroy
2: yeah, but it doesn't really.
1: But does that just mean defeat, or it, it just
2: means putting it, a, you know,
1: to completely immobilize to make it not a threat? But
2: anymore? I think you can because there is because
1: it's not a bagat really isn't a physical threat; it's a psychological threat.
2: Yeah, but I feel like there's a line in the book in Order of the Phoenix when they're cleaning
1: because when Molly the hump, goes up to she's
2: like, "Oh, there's a bagat there. I need him to get rid of. I need." Lupin to get rid of or I don't know who she's talking uh-huh. to. I don't know. Because then
1: because she tries and then she's but I
2: don't think it can be like oh it's gone forever. I just think it's oh it's we got to move it <laughs> or something. I don't know. I, I,
1: we have it locked in this enchanted whatever. Yeah. Kind of like a like a a genie but it doesn't grant wishes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the worst gotta, genie ever. You just got to stop
1: her up in something. Yeah. In a trunk or a bottle or <laughs>
2: Um, but, um, the most, uh, important threat hanging over this movie is that there is a killer on the loose by the name of Sirius Black. Um, we find out that, um, 13 years ago, he, uh, killed a bunch of muggles in the open in front of everyone and, uh, obliterated a boy named Peter Pettigrew. Boy. And he was a man. He was a man 12 13 years ago still
1: well, um, he wasn't he wasn't same age as harry yeah i, know, he I wasn't. mean i mean james and, Lily yeah. and all of them
2: um and he's now on the loose he escaped from azkaban and he is what they say uh after harry
1: let's Does kill harry only one to have escaped from azkaban yeah up until this point
2: yeah um so you know harry finds this out and he's like oh well pff, that's interesting First Voldemort. Now I got Sirius Black after me. And the advice of Mr. Weasley, don't go looking for him. And no he, matter what you hear. Don't go looking for because him. Because. And Harry's like, why, why would, would I, I do that? Why would I want to go after someone who's trying to kill me?
1: So I'm guessing, I mean, obviously it's because Mr. Weasley knows.
2: He knows something more that we don't, as an audience, for the first time, don't know yet. We're like, yeah, why would he want to? No, I think he'd want to hide On her. the
1: off chance that Harry hears what's essentially the the big secret mm-hmm which he does he's, because he knows that that's enough to drive harry to go after it
2: yeah because we know harry
1: so he's like promise me you won't go after him no matter and Harry's what like, you hear okay
2: um but harry does find out when he's at hogsmeade so harry cannot go to hogsmeade hogsmeade if you don't know it's the wizarding village where there's stores so when third years and up they get little like twice a year i think they get to go to hogsmeade mm-hmm. to go shopping have fun. Get away from campus.
1: Get some drinks. Get
2: some drinks. Because
1: <laughs> um, we do assume that butterbeer is well, some kind of intoxicating. Saw Hermione
2: after she had a few too many butterbeers and had blood prints.
1: I mean, it's, it may not be alcoholic, but it's very intoxicating, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. It may even be alcoholic because I think.
2: I think. Um, I know the drinking age is it's, lower. It's right? no fire whiskey. Right. But, uh, Yeah. I always thought there was a little bit teeny bit. But anyway, so um <laughs> Harry cannot go to Hogsmead because Dursley Vernon did not sign his permission slip because Harry fucked up at the beginning of the movie. He blew up on March. He yeah.
1: inflated it.
2: He inflated oh. her and she blew away because he got mad, couldn't control his, his magic anger. Uh, so Vernon's like, Well I'm not signing your permission slip. Um so Harry can't go to Hogsmead. He asked McGonagall to sign for him. She's like, "Uh, no. That was my stomach making that noise." So, um but then Harry with the help of the Weasley twins, they say, "No, there's a way to get to Hogsmeade. We all these secret passages and they give him what is called the Marauder's Map. Um another very iconic piece of Harry Potter paraphernalia. Paraphernalia. And it shows um what's the line? You can put it in. Any moment of every day? I can't think of what they say.
1: I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Messrs. Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot and Prongs are proud to present the Marauders map. We owe them so much. Hang on. This is Hogwarts. And that... no. Is that really... Dumbledore. Any study. Pacing. Does that a lot. So you mean this
0: map shows... Everyone. Everyone?
1: everyone, where they are, what they're doing, every minute of every day. Brilliant! It's um, a map of Hogwarts and the Magical grounds, map, obviously. And it shows each person's location at any given time. Yeah.
2: Um, which I guess J.K. Rowling actually regretted giving Harry that map so that it caused problems in later books that she couldn't really write her way out of.
1: Oh, like just... She's continu- like, I wish I would have Continuity. taken it away
2: from him forever, but um, alas. I don't care. I'm fine with it. I don't look for do holes like, like that. I do
1: like Fred or George is like, we owe them so much. We owe them so
2: much. Because <laughs> they had found that map their first year and figured it out somehow. Because to make it open and go away, you have to say mischief managed. Uh-huh. Uh, and we were last year, you're well, like, how did they figure that out? To
1: open it, I solemnly swear I'm up to no good. I
2: solemnly swear I'm up to no good. And it reveals itself. And then to turn it off, basically tap with your wants to be mischief managed and how they figure that out we don't know but we're not supposed to even care it's like it's fred and george they figure things out they're they're smart they're sneaky that's just them. well i wonder if if the, the map ma- t- told them how gave to do it hints because like
1: the map knows that oh these boys are up to no good also
2: yeah yeah because it's it has you know i'm sure a mind it, of its i'm own. sure
1: it gave clues that they were able to figure out
2: yeah Because even when the map knows that Snape is trying to Reveal itself and it's like Tell Snape to keep his Overly large nose out of other people's Business or whatever so it the map does Know who's holding it and yeah I could See if Fred and George came upon this map No one's touched that map in 20 Years
1: So I wonder if Harry had found it First Mm -hmm. Would the map have recognized That that's James's kid I think so Like Oh you're one of us maybe even though james like
2: you don't exist yet
1: <laughs> well, i know but i mean <laughs> or your, what has the dna of the, <laughs> yeah of the I, I think so yeah that would huh that fun. would be kind of cool
2: but anyway this map shows him secret passage how to get to hogsmeade so harry throws on his invis- invisibility cloak and
1: then don't they say there's like seven secret passages and then yeah here's the one we would suggest yep because obviously some have been closed off
2: some yeah some are blocked um so Harry goes on. I there's his, like
1: two existing secret passages. Sure. According to the book, I think,
2: right? Maybe.
1: It's whatever one that Harry takes, and then the Wampy Willow one. The
2: Whomping Willow one. But yeah. Um. So yeah, Harry's got his invisibility cloak, goes to Hogsmeade, um, and. Is it in the oh book? Does he have to
1: tickle a pair? something tickles something behind a statue
2: yeah he tickles something Tickle the and yeah. It opens up. yeah that does sound familiar
1: right
2: okay and i always think of that scene in temple of doom where he's looking and he finds that the, the, statue of the woman he the puts, boobs the boobs and she's like i'm right here <laughs> and he pushes the boobs <laughs> press the boobs and it opens there are no boobs in this book to press to push open <laughs> <laughs> whatever um so, this is how Harry finds out the secret of Sirius Black, because he follows uh, McGonagall and Cornelius Fla- Fludge. Fludge. <laughs> and-
1: Madame Rosemurta.
2: Just the three of them, right? Yeah. Madame Rosemurta, played by Julie Christie. Who is she? She's very- Right. British actress. She was very popular in the 60s and 70s. I um, remember.
1: She was in something recently. Was she in Dr. Zhivago? I- Why would I know that?
2: <laughs> um- very popular as she was, you know, one of those 60s um, actors. Um, in the book, we know Ron has a crush on her.
1: Oh, yeah. And then Hermione mentions it in the movie. Does she? Yeah, she. Like, Ron fancied her. Ron fancied
2: her. But Harry follows them in because he's like, oh, they're talking about something top secret. So this is when McGonagall. Um, oh, she wasn't Doctor Shafaga. Oh, she was right. Okay, yeah, she played Laura.
1: Sure. Yeah,
2: there's only one. on Anya and Laura or something? Um, yeah, she tells Madame Rosemerda about uh, who Sirius
1: Black really is. Oh, duh! She was in Dragonheart, also.
2: <laughs> there you go. God, God. <laughs> this the cast of Dragonheart minus Sean Connery is in this.
1: And <laughs> Finding Neverland.
2: Okay. Um, And we find out what is the secret. If you get off your phone, we can find out what the secret of Sirius
1: Black is. What's the secret of...
2: He betrayed... He was friends with James and Lily, betrayed them, gave away their secret to the Dark Lord. And he's also Harry Potter's godfather. Dun, dun, dun. So Harry's like, what the fuck? Harry's pissed. His whole world spins, literally. The camera spins, kind of.
1: So that's the scene where... That that scene drives me nuts.
2: Why? Because Harry's breathing.
1: Yeah. It's like, like, dude, control your breathing. Because he's under the invisib- invisibility cloak yeah. in the room with the three and of them. And it's
2: filmed differently than we've seen Harry in the vi- invisibility cloak before. <laughs> it's a hard word to say. Um, just because Caron's directing style is different. So it actually feels more like you're under an, an invisibility cloak.
1: Actually, it feels like you are, but then it feels like...
2: You can't hear any other sound except for your
1: own breathing because we hear Harry breathing. It's 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 made almost as if you were under like a tarp rather than yeah. something permeable like a yeah like a like a thin. I mean you can hear
2: voices breath. obviously um, but the, the breathing but you're, you're is
1: in a, you're in a tin can. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but yeah this makes Harry mad and we get the he was their friend. That
1: didn't blow out any. I don't care. Microphones.
2: So, yeah, now we're like, oh, this is why Mr. Weasley is like, don't go after him.
1: Because
2: uh-huh. we know Harry so well. And he's so noble. He's like, he murdered my parents. Of course, I'm going to go after this motherfucker. Well, like, I'm going
1: to kill him. I'm going to kill him.
2: But um, Sirius Black is definitely a fan favorite. Um, I have his wand. You have his wand. Cora, why is your head wet? Gross. She's like, I just had water. With your head? What a dumb cat. Um, but yeah, serious. he, Played by? Gary Oldman, who took this role because he needed the money.
1: Why? What did he, what he he, he hadn't done
2: anything in a while because he wanted, he had decided to quit acting for a while to spend time with his family. Oh. But then he wasn't making any money. Okay. Um, this is the
1: role He's to a, take. He accepted crap. the part
2: because he needed the money as he had not taken on any major work in several years after deciding to spend more time with his children. He was, quote, surprised by how difficult it was to pull off comparing the role to Shakespearean dialogue. Okay, I, I adore Gary Oldman in these this movie and the movies forward. I like is, Gary
1: Oldman in anything. Yeah. Fifth Element. Dracula. Oh.
2: <laughs> bram stoker's dracula it's great which was god 1992 he must have been what 10
1: you know obviously <laughs> in the dark knight chronicles
2: yeah as commissioner gordon but his role as serious black is gonna be the one that people remember at least um he did he win an oscar for tinker taylor soldiers by
1: oh i don't know
2: or um playing winston churchill because I remember when he won. Oh, the,
1: he was Winston um, Churchill. That's his,
2: right. Uh, can't remember the name. Dark history. I don't fucking know. Um, Just a few years, a couple years ago. And everyone was like, holy shit, he finally won. Because he'd been nominated. Never won. Or was he never nominated? I don't know. By the time he won, a couple years ago, I feel like it was way overdue. It was one of those, like, God, Gary Oldman has done those, so much. One of and those
0: the Caprio so, things. <laughs>
2: Yeah, (laughs) not as, I mean, obviously, (laughs) that whole thing is just funny to me. That's pretty,
1: because, okay, real quick, DiCaprio, DiCaprio we haven't
2: talked about him yet in this podcast.
1: He's deserved an Oscar for,
2: since day one, hello,
1: for years,
2: Gilbert Grape, when he was nominated.
1: I mean, as young as he is, he's done (laughs) so much stuff. As young as he is. He's a year older than me, isn't he?
2: He's born in November 74, same month as my brother.
1: So yeah, he's a year older than me. No. Well, really. 6 months older. Than me.
2: <laughs> um
1: but yeah. So yeah, as young as he is.
2: Yes. Young and Well, the fact that he got his first <laughs> nomination when he was 18. 18? See, 93. I can't do math. I can't do math. Yeah. No. 19?
1: 19. I did not get my first nomination when I was no. 18. No. I think I'm That was a, another
2: one of those difficult supporting actor years, where it was him and Ray Fiennes up for supporting actor, uh, Schindler's, Ray list. For Schindler's, Schindler's List, list yeah. and then Tommy Lee Jones won for saying, "I, I don't care." <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, for saying, <laughs> "Ladies
0: and gentlemen, our fugitive has been on the run for ninety minutes." Average foot speed over uneven ground barring injuries four miles an hour. That gives us a radius of six miles. What I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, henhouse, house, outhouse, or dog doghouse in that area. Go get it. It's
2: a great movie, but anyway. But yes, Gary mm. Oldman, um yeah. I and Sirius black it's a character. Um it's fantastic. Obviously, okay, like I said, I didn't want to go plot for plot. We find out that he actually didn't kill all those people.
1: Yeah, we find that it's at the end.
2: Um. Yeah. He didn't kill those people. He didn't give away the secret because he told his sec- their secret to Peter Pettigrew
1: no, because he thought the Dark
2: Lord was after him. He thought Voldemort was after him, so well, that's why the, he
1: transferred the secret. In the books, doesn't he... He gives up his role as secret keeper. because he
2: thought Voldemort was after him. Like, he doesn't just
1: tell the secret. He gives it up. He says, no, 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 don't. Because James and Lily select him to be their secret keeper. mm -hmm. He's like, no, don't.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Pick someone better than me. because, Or pick pick someone. Peter Pettigrew. I think he's, the whole thing was not better, but to pick someone less obvious than him. mm -hmm,
2: Yeah. Because Sirius was obvious. Because I
1: think Sirius was also afraid that if he was caught, he would he would reveal his secret under torture.
2: Oh, Siri thought you were talking to her when you said Sirius. Siri, you're so stupid. That
1: doesn't sound good. <laughs> That's the first smart thing you've said.
2: Um, but yeah. So we we find out he's innocent. I feel like I need to tell why. I, the, the plot. God.
1: Well, yeah, no, no, I know. No. Yeah. Well, because Harry believes this whole time that he's the one who, yeah, betrayed his parents' secret, which led to their, mm-hmm. which directly led to their deaths. Yeah. And that he also killed their friend Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. So yeah, that's what Harry believes um, to be true.
2: But then we see, so Sirius is also we find out an animagus. Am I saying it right? Well, animagus? Ron
1: says animagus. Yeah, he's an animagus. Okay, we'll say it that way. Magus, magus, a nomadge
2: is (laughs) not magic person in New York. Um, he's an animagus, which is a person who can turn into. Which is what McGonagall is. She's an animagus, a registered one.
1: But you have to, yeah, you have to register your Uh, animal. That's key. I think because.
2: So they know. Essentially,
1: you're taking on two identities. Otherwise, because you could go your whole life. As the animal and uh-huh. do all kinds of bad shit. Because Rita Skeeter is not registered. Oh, she's a ladybug, isn't she? A beetle. Or some, yeah, a beetle. Some kind of, yeah, beetle of some sort. I, I always imagined her as being like a ladybug. I think because she's... she's always, a lady. I think because she's always pink. I don't know.
2: Mm, she's not pink. The other lady is. What?
1: Oh, Rita Skeeter. I was thinking of, uh, you know, Umbridge. Yeah, I
2: know. Umbridge. She's pink.
1: Oh, yeah, Rita Reader, Reader Skeeter, Reader Skeeter, which we'll
2: meet in the next one. But um, yeah, Sirius is an animagus. He can turn into a dog. And Harry has actually been seeing this dog throughout this movie, Do we thinking know that, that it's the Grim. Do rim. we
1: know that that's the dog that he sees at the beginning? Yeah. We know without a doubt. Sirius that has been
2: following him. Yeah.
1: In the hopes of just to keep an eye on mm-hmm. him or to maybe say, hey, I'm your godfather. Or to
2: follow him to Hogwarts because that's where Scabbards is. I don't know. I, yeah. He's just following along, and yeah, maybe to sit, catch up, say, "Hey, oh, by the way, this is who I am." But, but I, I mean, he never gets a chance to if that's what he's
1: doing. Or is it just that it's just for him to be able, like, look at his godson? Yeah, you know. He,
2: okay, he's okay. Well, maybe he's not. He's, really. not, he's his family sucks
1: because maybe Sirius doesn't quite know where to go yet, what to do yet, mm-hmm. how now, to approach this now whole that he's thing. Out.
2: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Harry has kind of seen. This dog in a couple of places, and um, people are like it's the grim. And what is the grim? So an omen. I got, it's a dark I gotta omen. Cut that
1: one kid's who's
2: just defining it. Oh.
0: Taking form of a giant spectral dog. It's among the darkest omens in our world. It's an omen of death.
1: That scene is. It's weird because it's heartbreaking and terrifying all at the same time where he's just reading the description of a grim or the yeah definition. yeah it, it's his voice that kid's voice yeah such a good see voice that kid ever
2: again and this happens in divination class well
1: we see him when harry gets his firebolt yes
2: we see him a couple <laughs> times in this movie yeah we see him during uh ridiculous class or whatever and, um but yeah they find out about what the grim is in Divination, this is where we meet another new character, another favorite, Professor Trelawney, played by Emma Thompson.
1: Do I like her?
2: How can you not? You don't have to like... I mean, the character, she's very unlikable, especially in the Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's Emma Thompson. She does such a oh, great I mean, job. I love Emma
1: Thompson, but I mean...
2: She's not... She's... The character is worse in the books, I think. She's more... um,
1: because she's really... Ridiculous. She's really useless. Except, like, twice. <laughs> when she's trying to be helpful. Yeah. When she tries, she fails miserably. But when she... Her gift only comes out when it's needed, and she has no control over it. She that has no control.
2: Like. She has no idea that it actually happens. She's done it twice. Yeah. Um. She's perfectly harmless. Yeah. She's not... You know she's no, she's not Umbridge, she's not Lockhart. Um,
1: I mean, she's that school's version of a hippie art teacher. Yeah,
2: who's just kind of in a world of her just own. Just let her do her thing, and,
1: and we no, get no some harm, no foul.
2: Great Hermione moments in divination. So obviously, Hermione. We get some great
1: <laughs> Hermione looks.
2: Oh my god. Hermione is obviously a student of books and fact and reason, <laughs> and divination is a very twitchy subject, as she would say. Um, you know. I mean, there is no fact and reason in divination. It's, it's palm reading. It's palm reading. It's um, you know, looking at the stars and seeing what's going to happen next. And Hermione doesn't like that. It, and it's the
1: astrology Trela- of and Trelawney of Hogwarts.
2: Yeah, and Trelawney knows this right away. She's like <laughs> that wonderful line that she says that she's
1: reading her palm, like you die an old spinster, and old, basically an old maid, or die as the books you so desperately oh, cleave God. to. <laughs>
2: um. But yeah, she's looking at the, the cups and she looks at Harry's cup because they're reading tea leaves. And she's like, oh, you have the Grimm. And then we get, what's a Grimm? Some people know, some people don't. Ron in the books knew what it was because his uncle saw one and died the next day. Oh, is that? <laughs> they were talking about, yeah, he knew what a Grimm was.
1: Oh, I don't remember that.
2: Um, but yeah, so Harry's like, oh shit, I saw that dog. Um, before I caught the night bus,
1: does yeah. he tell them that? I mean, like, no,
2: he kind of. I don't know. Maybe in in the book, I don't know. If he does. But like he doesn't say anything.
1: Ab- well, I feel like there was a scene where Ron is kind of going over the things that Harry has told oh. them. I, I don't remember now. I don't know. I don't
2: know. Um, but yeah, so you know, towards there, towards the end when, um, they. See, a dog takes, um, captures Ron,
1: this dog. After they've left the Wamping. Nope. Ron is... After they've left...
2: I know, we're not even... I don't want to.
1: After they left <laughs> Hagrid's hut.
2: Yeah, after, um... And... Scabber. After they killed... Well, after Buckbeak was executed.
1: After the trial and execution of Buckbeak. Yeah, then they... But
2: Ron is captured by a dog. Oh, because dog. Scabbard runs off and Scabbard, they chase him down. Right. Yeah, Scabbers bites him. Scabbers, um, we actually meet Scabbers obviously, in Sorcerer's Stone. He's Ron's pet. Pretty useless. Uh, has a bigger role in this movie. And he looks bigger. <laughs> and his ears are funny.
1: <laughs> he's the size of a small rabbit.
2: Yeah, he's pretty large. But Ron is Biggest captured by this dog. Rat. And I've then we find that. out that the dog that captured Ron and dragged him into the base of the Whomping Willow... Um,
1: that reveal is cool.
2: I love it because <laughs> Harry and Hermione follow them, so they find that there's actually a secret passage at the base of the Whomping Willow, and it leads to the Shrieking Shack, which is uh, the most haunted residence in England. And uh, you can see it from Hogsmeade.
1: Harry has an idea of where that thing's going. I think I might. I think I might know. I think this I might know. It's like I hope yeah. I'm wrong.
2: Yeah, but it does lead to the Shrieking Shack, and there's Ron, and that dog is not there. Instead. It is serious black.
1: I think Ron's lines like,
2: "It's not a dog." It's he's an animagus. An, he, he's an animagus. He points in and a slow course, reveal. We're
1: following the paw prints. I'm like, why not just look straight up?
2: Because <laughs> it's better this way. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, and it's serious black.
1: You, you, I like the paw like, prints in the oh, dust, shit. and then they change to footprints. Yeah, and then there's a, a hobo. Standing. He's a
2: hobo. Yeah, he kn- he's in his Azkaban clothes, and they're all. He looks. A mess he's off. <laughs> he looks like he's been living and in he a, a chimney looks crazy he's like a maniacal serial killer and that's what they think he is and they're like oh shit and you know harry's like you killed my parents and he's like oh harry <laughs> um and then harry attacks him because he thinks he's gonna attack he's got his wand Ron at, or he's so got his Ron's wand holding. At his throat yeah and then lupin comes um expelliarmus and suddenly he, he lupin says harry yeah and he, look, you know, her, uh, what's his Sirius is on the ground, but then he takes his, grabs his hand, pulls him up, and in the I remember and in they the book, hug and, they, he, he hugged him like a brother. Yeah. Remember, it's so chilly in the book because you're like, oh shit, you know, suddenly so Lupin is on the same side as Sirius, and she's like, in Hermione's like, how could you? I kept your secret. She's like, I know you're a werewolf, and uh-huh. we're like, oh my
1: god. <laughs> and I, I like that whole thing where they're they're still teasing that. That he's that, the killer. That they're they're both yeah. evil. Yeah, it because tries a fine Lupin's line. Lupin's little look and yeah. smile at him. and he's like, "Oh,
2: you really are the brightest witch of your age." He says it almost maniacally
1: because he he's looking, his head's pointed. The way it is, is his head's pointed down. Mm-hmm. He's looking with his eyes. Up, yeah, which yeah. is the an evil looking look. Which yeah is one of my favorite looks to, which is to very do on
2: purpose. Because yeah, they're still like we're still trying to make you think that.
1: Like, that's the look I give to the kids at Halloween when they come knock on my door. Jesus.
2: Yeah. um, uh, So, yeah, she's like, How dare you. And Sirius is yelling, Let's kill him. He's here. Let's kill him. Yeah. So, we're like, Oh my God. There's chaos. And then Snape comes in because Snape finds out that the kids were missing. And
1: I think Snape had followed
2: He followed Lupin. Okay. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was going to give him his medicine. Oh yeah, I think. Um, <clears throat> and Snape is like, oh shit! Snape thinks the same as the kids, really. At this point, Snape, well, Snape
1: is, is like, i I was hoping I would be the one to catch, yeah, you, Sirius. Black. But
2: instead, I'll bring you to the Dementors. And,
1: and but then I think you see genuine fear in Gary Oldman's face in Sirius's face. And that, this
2: where we're laughing about, not laughing, but because it's so good. Because you see these three guys: Snape, Lupin, and Sirius, who have so much history together. And you see Sirius is just egging Snape on and Lupin's trying to make him stop. He's like,
1: he's Sirius. trying to put the fires out.
2: And, and, and you know, like, Lupin's you're been, making it worse. You know, Lupin's been doing this since they were 11 years old. <laughs> their first year in Hogwarts. <laughs> Cause Sirius and Snape seriously loathe each
1: other. I, Cause I like Sirius's line of, and once again, you've come to the wrong conclusion or yep. whatever.
2: Yeah. Um, But then it slowly comes out that we see. Well, because what happened that night instead of
1: well, and then Harry realizes something else is up, so he stops Snape. Yeah, Harry with the strongest Expelliarmus spell I've ever seen in my life. Well, good for him. I mean, it blows Snape across the room.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Um.
1: So then he's like, but yeah, Harry slow,
2: is slowly starting to realize and I love. I mean, Dana Radcliffe does such a great job in the scene because to go from, I think this man is a serial killer to slowly starting to understand well, that to go he's from, I'm gonna, not.
1: Well, to go from I'm going to kill, kill this like, guy to wait,
2: maybe let me hear him out. Yeah, he does a great job because yeah. you could that's, that would be hard to act. And this is where I think and, you know, we'll talk about how much better the acting is in this movie times I had, no, I
1: had no, qual- no complaints no, about it. No. No. They're so good. I are I so a, good in this movie. My one not even complaint. My one observation was Hermione cannot punch. Well
2: she's Hermione. She's, she's a, not supposed to she's know she's how. She's a tiny little She's an girl. only child. She doesn't have brothers. She's not like Ginny. You know Ginny would fucking <laughs> obliterate Draco. If Ginny punched him. But Hermione's Hermione. Of course she can't.
1: Well she punches like Hermione and. She punches like Emma, and, Emma Watson. <laughs> and Draco takes it like Draco. He takes it like a little bitch. Yeah. He overacts and it hurts because I mean <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the weakest punch, the weakest oh, reception God. of a punch, and yet it's the biggest reaction <laughs> yeah. to receiving this weak punch. And I love it.
2: <laughs> but yeah, Harry realizes um, oh, I don't think Sirius did this. It comes out that um
1: So then that's when Sirius explains he's like the secret.
2: Scabbers. Your rat is actually Peter Pettigrew, and and, and Ron's like so disgusted. I well, love he's like he's in like, the scene too because he's well, so he's
1: been in my family for uh, twelve
2: years. 12 years. An unusual long life for a common garden rat. And we're like that thing is a
1: <laughs> raccoon, know, but what okay. kind of fucking garden <laughs> do you guys have? <laughs> because know. you guys grow some big ass rats.
2: So they eventually they he's like here you know let me show it let me prove it and so he turns he. Scabbers tries to get away, but then they manage to turn him back into. I do Peter like Pettigrew.
1: how these two old men essentially are trying to do a very precise spell, and they're missing. And <laughs>
2: but they got him, and it turns into Timothy Spall, Peter Pettigrew, and I hate Peter Pettigrew so much. I just and you're supposed to, you're supposed to be like,
1: ugh, because he's, he's so, a rat.
2: He's a rat. It's a perfect animagus to turn into. He's just a clingy follower. You know, he's always be-
1: well, because... You know, since Rat, they were kids, he just... Because Rose Murder... Rose R- 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 Murder... No, wait. No, that it was McGonagall. That little lump of a boy. That's it was McGonagall it. who was saying that he was always following... Yep,
2: James and... James, James and Remus. Sirius and, yeah. The, you know, that little lump... That lump of a boy. Which makes it... They... Like, you could compare him to Neville, but not even.
1: I was comparing him more to... Uh, um, Augustus Gloop. Oh, no. That's... <laughs> a little gloop of a boy
2: that's Dudley. no i mean you know exactly what kind of kid peter Pettigrew was and you know exactly what kind of adult he is he would do anything you know it's like oh you don't know he said, you don't know how powerful yeah. the dark lord is and he's like you would have done the same thing and he's like no i would have died you know that's what, i love sirius yeah. and his his loyalty you know this is that what his his true
1: that's Sirius true colors I mean, colors yeah
2: um, and you, and Peter Pettigrew's true colors shine out. He's like, no, I had to. I was, I was scared, Blah, yeah. you know, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to die. So he's like, so you he let had James... no other choice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he did have a choice. He had the choice of dying himself, which Sirius would have done. And we know that Sirius probably has so much regret. Now I wonder. Because in the he I as good as did kill them, you know, and Sirius will admit that because of what he did with the secret.
1: And... Yeah.
2: But. Okay. But yeah, so Sirius is um, innocent, and we think that he's gonna—he's gonna, you know, well, be this is a free the happy man. Happy
1: ending for everyone, really.
2: Yeah, until the full moon comes out and Lupin changes into a werewolf, and Peter Pettigrew it's the most... grabs a wand and turns him back into a, turns himself back into a rat and escapes. We're like, fuck!
1: It's the mo- want well, now. My thing with that too is, do you need a wand to do an animagus spell? Because how has Sirius been doing it?
2: I don't know. I don't... Because he... He doesn't... Because he gets the wand armored out of his hands. Then he snaps and turns into a rat. So I don't think... I don't know what he was going to do with that wand. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think you do. Because... Well, I don't know. I don't have a fucking clue. Because, yeah, Sirius doesn't... When does Sirius get a wand?
1: I don't know. Because... I mean, you, advanced Hit. wizards can do spells without wands. The wand is just a, a tool. Yeah. Because obviously, Dumbledore doesn't need a fucking wand for anything.
2: No. And we, and Harry.
1: And even Lupin doesn't need a wand for a lot of spells. Yeah. McGonagall doesn't need a wand to no. when she turns into a cat.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah. What was he doing? Well,
1: or it could be that Peter Pettigrew is just not good enough of a wizard. I don't think he is. It's Peter Pettigrew. He
2: sucks. But he escapes, and we're like, oh, crap. That was the only evidence that would have made Sir uh-huh. a free man. Lupin is suddenly turning into a werewolf and attacking.
1: He turns into the scariest looking fucking werewolf. I mean, I,
2: we have seen werewolves look so different in so many different kinds of movies, and you always wonder what what are they going off of. Because
1: vampires know? have a specific kind of a look.
2: Yeah, and I mean, and know? so do werewolves to a point. Yeah, you know, but sometimes you see them looking more like wolves. I mean you sometimes more a like, lot of times
1: they just look like a giant wolf that can stand up on hind legs. Yeah, which is what Lupin is. But this one's like a it's it If you took Gollum and stretched his limbs out mm. and everything else out, he looks like a Tim Burton Gollum. <laughs> like he's it's it's icky yeah. looking. It's gross.
2: But yeah, so he's attacking everyone. Um, Sirius, he attacks Sirius and, um, Sirius is on the verge of death. He runs off. Sirius towards,
1: turns into a dog because that's the only way he can fight him. Yeah, it's the only way to
2: to fight him. But then Sirius gets injured, ends up on the edge of the lake and that's when Harry goes down and all the dementors come uh-huh. and almost take his,
1: they start sucking their suck faces his, off.
2: Sucking their faces off, almost sucks Sirius' soul out because that's yeah. the ultimate ending. Um, but then a, a, a Patronus appears and kicks them all away, and we from don't a, know from across the lake. Yeah, yeah we don't know who it came from. Um, but you know they get back to castle. They're like, "No, Dumbledore Sirius is innocent." Blah blah blah. But we don't know how to fix this, and is like, "Well, two turns to the left." <laughs> so we find out about the Time Turner. It's another Harry Potter paraphernalia that is pretty. Yeah, because the monitor
1: starts monologuing about time, how time's yeah, a yeah. fickle thing. Which,
2: if you look at this entire movie, time is such an important uh-huh. theme because you see the clock ever always, yep. a big which we've never seen in movies before. This big giant
1: we keep going pendulum the clock, works, clock. Yeah.
2: yeah. So time, and then obviously they use the time turner, time turner to go back in time to save two lives. They go back and they reverse what happened to Buck Beak. Because Buckbeak was executed because he injured bitchy little Draco. Well, and
1: really what you're creating to... You're creating a parallel timeline. Mm -hmm. Which makes the previous one open to interpretation now. Yeah. Because we don't...
2: I remember the first time we saw this movie, I was like, this is trippy. It was hard to...
1: It's very Inception-y.
2: Yeah, because they're going back... Two hours, but we're seeing and the same thing. and you're following
1: themselves. So they're
2: it's like they're watching the movie that we just watched.
1: You're seeing the same <laughs> scene from a different POV. Point, yeah,
2: so they when they go back, it's when Hermione punches Draco, uh-huh. and you know Harry's like, "This is not normal." And, and you go down like,
1: to Haggard's hut. She yeah. explains that that's how she's beginning to all her. She's, yeah, she's doubling she, up her classes. Yeah,
2: because she's insane. It's much. I love that whole step in the book because it's much more. She's much more stressed out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because she's doing like twelve classes. In one day, it's, using the time turner, going back and doing, yeah. But yeah, they save Buckbeak from getting executed, and they. um,
1: So then it's, their real mission is to go save Sirius. Yeah,
2: who is locked up in the tower. Because he's they been take, captured, yeah. Yep, because uh, they're going to kill. They're going to bring him to the Dementors.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um, But they get on Buckbeak and ride and, and save him.
1: Well, because they save him with Harry saves him.
2: Yeah. Huh?
1: Because he casts his Patronus. Because he's expecting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because um, he's expecting his dad to show up. Yeah, because
2: they're watching the scene that we saw of Harry and Sirius at the edge of the lake with the Dementors, and Harry's like, "Any minute now, my." Because Harry's like, "I saw. I think it was my dad who who did that Patronus," and Hermione's like, "Your dad's dead." You know, Hermione's just like, "Oh,
1: god, like divination." Like that's not possible.
2: And Harry's like, no, I swear I saw him. He's going to show up any minute. And we're like, and everyone else is like, we... I like when Hermione's
1: like, no, you're going to die, both of you. Yeah. You're going to die.
2: Yeah. Um, And then suddenly it clicks or Harry's like, I got to do something. So he runs. Are you crying? I
1: don't know. You look
0: like
2: you're about to cry. I yawned. Oh. So Harry's like, well, shit, I got to do something. No one's showing up. My dad's not showing up. So he runs... And, cast and he casts a, a Patronus. A huge Patronus, and it's it's a stag. Um,
1: we don't see the stag the second time. We don't. You only see it the first time. Oh, really? I couldn't remember if it was the first or second time. It's very distinct. I think because... Oh, Harry
2: sees the stag when he's at the edge of the lake.
1: I think it's because that's why you're looking at the Patronus yes, when you're yeah. on the other side. Yeah. Whereas from now Harry number two mm-hmm. spot... Mm-hmm. He's seeing the source of it. Yeah. So you just see this big, bright, bright light yeah, light that's pulsating in it. It's yeah. so cool.
2: So then when they get on Buckbeak to rescue Sirius, Harry's like, you know what? It wasn't my dad. It was me. Everybody's
1: and- <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no shit, Sherlock.
2: She's like, I hate flying. Okay, whatever, You, whatever. So yeah, <laughs> Harry obviously didn't see his dad. He saw himself do cast the Patronus. Um, yeah, they... And what happens next is a perfect, like, 10 second movie making. Like, so you mean much the, the happens. Breaking out of. They break it out. I they read that's I mean, they, from
1: the trailer, too, because I remember seeing. There's you see Sirius Black snap his head to the side. Yeah. yeah like, oh, is, he, is that when he's there's in Ascaban? trailer. Like, oh no, he's just in a jail at yeah. Hogwarts.
2: So he escapes on the Get in And then another scene that I love is when. Well, there's two scenes with Harry between Harry and Sirius when um, they're talking about their, their future after uh-huh. um, they rescue him from the shrieking check you know, you know you can come live with me he's like I don't know if anyone's ever told you but your parents may be uh-huh. your godfather and he's like, I, mean, I don't know if you want to leave or you your family now <laughs> the um, Here's like what? what He's like but you're welcome to come live with me as you know I'm your okay. godfather I'm your true guardian and for that brief shining moment we're like oh my god, it's all gonna be okay. Sirius is free. Harry's gonna live somewhere better. And it's such a heartbreak when that ends up not happening. Yeah. You know. Sirius is not a free man because of Peter Pettigrew escaping and no one can prove the truth. He escapes, but he's not a free man. We know that Harry's not gonna be able to live with him. Uh-huh. Um but there's you know the scene where he's like I know you're probably sick of Sir- sick of hearing this, but you remind me so much of your father. Except for your eyes. And Harry's yeah. like, Yeah, I have my mother's eyes and uh, even though they're blue. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's a, I mean it's a, it's a it's such a heartbreaking scene. And I get so sad in the book and the movie when I'm like they didn't get the ending they should have, you know, yeah. and they never will, and which right. we'll find out. And it's I don't know, it's but it's great storytelling because it keeps that storyline still going because otherwise I've been like, okay, well.
1: But and yeah. also he in the lore of the books, he wouldn't have been able to live with Sears anyways because of the because of the the protection the, the protection, bond. Yeah.
2: protection curse. But I thought it was if you're with...
1: It's because... It's the house. It's because Petunia is Lily's blood.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Remember my first... Yeah.
1: But... So, th- so it wouldn't have worked out. Yeah. I think even Donor would have forbid it. Forbade like, no, it.
2: no, you can't for a reason. You can visit him anytime you want. Yeah. Just like you can visit the Weasleys in the summer. Mm-hmm. The whole time if you want. But as long as you're calling Privet Drive your home you're you're safe until you're of age. But yeah, so Sirius and Buckbeak go off. Now they're going to be on the run. Yep. And and yeah, I mean, we...
1: Did we ever say what Buckbeak was?
2: Buckbeak, he's a hippogriff.
1: The fuck is a hippogriff?
2: It's a half... It's, it's a real Mythological creature. it's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half hippo, half griff. No, it's griffin. Like a griffin, right? And a
1: I think doesn't Griffin. um,
2: I don't know if it's a combination of two things. I know that it I think doesn't the Griff
1: part refer to like the eagle aspect of it? Yeah. It's it's a it's a bird. It's a (laughs) bird horse. Like
2: Gryffindor. Wait, that's a lion. Yeah, it's a fucking bird horse. Yeah, it's a giant bird and. um, (laughs) It's a
1: centaur, but a bird.
2: My. It's a bird tar. What I think still is my favorite scene in the whole. Harry. Series is Buckbeak's flight, and it's my favorite. It's my favorite cue of any soundtrack
1: score. Buckbeak's flight, referring to when Harry flies him for the when first. When Harry time. flies him for the first time,
2: I love this scene because okay, the music, the music, is, the music is fucking fantastic. Um, but it's we know Harry's life and how kind of shitty it is, and for oh, like, is it? It's kind of shitty, mm. but for a few moments, Harry feels so free and alive when he's riding buckbeat and he has his arms out and he's like it's i don't know
1: it's his king of the world moment it's his
2: king of the world moment (laughs) and i just i remember the first time seeing it i got so choked up because i was like holy shit this is so i don't know it was just you know yeah i don't know i I still i still think it's so great even that's so minute to the whole story but but yeah
1: okay i like that
2: there's so much in this movie that i love so many little moments and yeah the acting is
1: i love the acting is good it's, it's not good you don't even notice the acting anymore which is good yeah is because good you're
2: noticing it in the first two and this one you're like they're
1: they're fully they're, into their characters. they're them they're these they're they are these characters
2: this is probably their i know i said i love their hair in goblet of fire a lot of people hate it but this is their best hair movie because this is the first time i ever thought january might be kind of attractive is when I saw this I was like his hair is fucking great because they finally made his hair how it should be which is kind of messy kind of floppy yeah it's not floppy it's just spiky messy it's very nice I love his hair you know what his
1: hair is like actually James Gunn
2: kinda yeah
1: because James Gunn has a hair that doesn't Mm -hmm. ever lay down
2: yeah he's got good hair Ron has great hair I love Ron in this movie Ron has good hair Ron has some great scenes in this movie Um, because now that whole thing with it's so awkward between him and Hermione because uh-huh. you know, there's something stirring. There's something building there. Yeah. Um, and when he's, his leg is hurt and she's like, Oh, <laughs> you're like, he's like, Oh, it's, <laughs> you know, they might have to chop it off. You know, he's, <laughs> so, oh, so good. And I love his hair too. He's, Cause
1: he's like, Oh, this works for Draco.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. Draco hammed it up after he got hurt by Buckbeak. You know, he's like, Oh God, Draco. Draco's still a little shit in this movie
1: um he always will be
2: he always well, yeah we talked about that yeah hermione uh has shorter hair still wavy
1: and she puts it up a couple of times which i
2: love when she's like is that really what my hair looks like from the back oh yeah when she they're watching themselves because it's funny because at first you're like that's not something that hermione would care about but like but she's 13 she's
1: coming into
0: that
2: and age she's where. like you know is that really what my hair looks like from the back but you know it's still not high on her list of priorities No. um but yeah, I mean, these—it's 13 is such an interesting age, and I'm so glad that Coron was there to yeah, help him get to, to into that, these kids. to shepherd these kids into the really weird time in their life, you know? And uh, Sirius is, is great. I'm so excited to see him at least for the next two movies because um, he's such an interesting character. Uh-huh. He's In a way, as you're like, he's really not helpful at all. In ways, Harry needs him. I mean, I, I feel like more so in the books. Sometimes he's yeah. he's a hindrance, you know. And because there are people he, always like people are telling him he's not James, you know. And sometimes they feel like he thinks he's James, and he's like James would have done this because seriously, don't trying you to, do this? He's
1: trying to pick up where he left off when he was young and free.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's people are always telling that. them he's not James, you know, and and. Serious gets mad about that. Because and there's he even knows one there's even
1: one moment where he calls him James by accident. When
2: they're fighting yeah. in Arthur the Phoenix, yeah, the ministry. Yeah. Nice one, James. And you, it's it kind of gives me chills yeah. reading it and like well hearing it and because you're like that's he misses him so much and he wants that life back so badly yeah. that he's using Harry as a
1: He's a surrogate.
2: Yeah. But yet Harry we're so glad that Harry has him cause he's never had anyone right. as a father figure
0: uh-huh.
2: as troubled as that ends up being, but I don't know. I, and Lupin and did, we ever talking about how um, Lupin being a vampire and that whole thing, what not vampire werewolf um, was like JK's way of like kind of comparing him to like an AIDS patient.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. We um, haven't talked about it, but yeah. I, I mean
2: like, in I, I do movie, know that. Yeah. yeah. Is that a, a fact is that a valid thing like that's what she was doing or is that just rumor I don't, that yeah, I don't
1: know if she's ever confirmed that or not I the don't, way
2: he's looked at by I never a, looked
1: into that but I've always assumed it was true You know, it seems could, like a very JK thing to do
2: anyway, at the end you know he resigns he's like once people find out that they have a werewolf as a teacher they're not gonna want their kids here and you know that was like the whole AIDS scare of the 90s you know like people are like oh
1: well no because I think he says they're not gonna want someone like me
2: like me yeah
1: he never says what he is no
2: yeah. I mean, I do see the comparison. You could make that um Yeah. You know, how Snape has to give him medicine once a month so he doesn't
1: lose his goddamn mind. Lose his goddamn mind. Like,
2: he still has to hide out. He still turns Which is why the right? secret
1: shack exists and that
2: That's where he's passageway. going. That's why they built the Whomping Willow.
1: Because when he was a youth at Hogwarts, they yep. send him to the to the shrieking shack
2: to once a month <laughs> like girls in their periods. And
1: so he can go have his three nights of yeah. Whatever. Um, and then he can come back to school but undetected. But it
2: sucks because he, you know, he'll, he'll always be the best defense against the dark arts teacher, the only one who knew his shit. Um, <sighs> I think so. At Is least. he a
1: better defense against the dark arts teacher than Snape? Well, we don't really ever... I don't know. Well, we'd actually never see Snape teaching that. We just know that he's taking that position at some point. And then.
2: Well, name comes headmaster.
1: Well, no, wait. Does he take, does Snape become defense against dark arts while yes. Dumbledore's still alive?
2: No, he's defense against the dark arts when Moulin Rouge guy comes. Um,
1: Jim Broadbent? Yeah. In because in he becomes potions master.
2: Yes. He's, the, I forgot his name. Slughorn. Yeah. Slugworth? Slughorn. He becomes Potion Master and that's when Snape is Defense Against the Dark Arts.
1: Slugworth is the Wonka guy. Yeah, I
2: know. Um, and I actually don't remember Snape as Defense Against the Dark Arts as how he was as a teacher. I don't know. I don't remember. Is that
1: when Snape is teaching him Occlumency? Yes. So he's Defense Against the Dark Arts then.
2: Yep. Cause that's how. Yep. So the only interaction yep, we have
1: yeah. of Snape being Dark Arts is when he's mean to Harry.
2: Yeah. With nothing new there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but obviously... Um,
1: so I do think Lupin is a better teacher in that subject then, too. Well,
2: he is. And he's, you know...
1: I mean, Lupin is arguably possibly the best teacher.
2: Outside of McGonagall.
1: <laughs> well, she's just the best witch. Like she's still the, a teacher. No, I mean, but she's like, overall, she's even better than Lupin. Oh, yeah. Like, if you put the two of them in a death match, she would win. Oh,
2: God, I can't imagine. You know. Yeah.
1: Because obviously in, in, you
2: know, Goblet of Fire, what's his name? Who? What? The Defense Against Dark Arts Teacher in Goblet of Fire. What's his name again? You know, he's got the fake Oh, Mad-Eye Moody. Mad-Eye
1: Moody. Okay, that's Um, fake Mad-Eye Moody.
2: Yeah, it's not even Mad-Eye Moody. You can't even count him. Even if you did think he was a good, he was crazy. He was a little crazy. I thought he was a good teacher, but then you're like, wait, that doesn't count because it wasn't even him. (laughs) He does teach some important so, lessons.
1: So is Barney Crouch Jr. the best of kids? Yep, yeah, he was
2: The Barney Crouch Jr., um, which we'll get to next week. Um, any other things that stand out that you wanted to quick mention? Any, I mean, there's... Uh, so good. I just... The night bus scene is fun. Um the Harry... The Harry
1: Potter practical joke.
2: I love... I know in the movie he's only at the staying at the leaky cauldron hotel, whatever that is, for like a night. It's an inn. An inn. In the book he's there for like two weeks and I love that part because he's yeah, by he himself, lives there for And he's going to get he gets ice cream from florescu ice cream. Oh yeah, Florescu,
1: whatever. Who yeah. ends up
2: dying later on <laughs> during the battle or the he gets ice cream every day and he just walks around Uh Diagon Alley, just cruising the shops for like two fucking weeks by himself. I'm like, how fun for a (laughs) 13-year-old. But in the movie, it lasts. it's only like one night. I mean, that
1: would be like living in downtown Disney for two weeks.
2: Yeah. Oh my God, can you imagine. And it's not like he's running out of money. I mean, he's got a shit ton of money. But he's actually very thrifty because he wants to buy a bunch, but he holds back because he's like, it's not going to be there forever.
1: He has the self-control of Hermione, even though he has the impulses of Ron. Like Ron would blow through his cash day yeah. one. Oh my god! Yeah, Hermione could stretch that shit out too. Oh
2: yeah, and but I think Harry just because of how he grew up,
1: that's just he's you know because he's never had and it would be easy to lose your mind and just get everything you
2: yeah. But I think he's smart enough right. to know like yeah. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I love the the night bus they use bullet time and we meet Stan Shung Pike. Mm-hmm. Um, who was that? That series black why that are you
0: doing lines again
2: i'm doing stand. what'd you fall over for i didn't do it on purpose well come on then come on then um nope you get in i'll get this <laughs> we still you know we get our you know neville still not really k- getting it yet doesn't know how to open up a book of monsters neville's there Seamus is there dean's there just very 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 small roles this one does has my favorite quidditch scene it's my favorite Quidditch scene in all of them.
1: Which is this? Quidditch I mean, in the rain. I we mean.
2: Sees, we see the Dementors.
1: Well, it's not a scene. It's a whole sequence. But yeah, okay.
2: Sequence. It's my favorite Quidditch sequence.
1: The favorite Quidditch scene will be when that Hufflepuff kid gets electrocuted.
2: Yeah. Because there's, there's a big <laughs> storm going on during this scene. Thunderlight and what he, they're playing Hufflepuff. Um, Which technically Cedric Diggory would have been on that team if we. We do meet Cedric Diggory in the book. Um, but yeah, Wait. some kid gets. Was Cedric a seeker, or was he a beater?
1: Yeah. Oh, he was a seeker. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, because. Yeah. Um, we yeah, have some kid on the Huffle team. Hufflepuff team gets electrocuted, and we're like, we never talk about him again. <laughs> he might have died.
1: We have no idea. Well, he doesn't die. He's in I the hospital wing. When He's we... in the
2: wing. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I love that sequence because it's I love storms and it's you can't see anything and it's so more so much more intense than any other Quidditch scene we've sequenced that we've seen. Yeah, you know the other ones have been bright and colorful and just kind of fun. They're just zipping around, but this is like this is intense. Yeah, it looks miserable. This looks miserable, and I love in the book Harry can't see, so many does that spell on his glasses.
1: The little wipers.
2: They just they kind of unfog and. Oh. It, the rain like kind of re- yeah repels off and like really <laughs> good windshield wiper the fluid little,
1: the little motion you do was like he has like <laughs> dee dee tiny little, little wipers
2: <laughs> and I love because then in the book it's like her, Oliver looked like he wanted to kiss Hermione because he was so happy that she did that and I was like ooh I'm chipping that no wow. okay. no Oliver would in this movie unfortunately Um, the music is my favorite music in all the movies um, John Williams was nominated for this score did not win, um, but it's my favorite of all of them. It has it's so different from the first two. We get double, 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 tubble. wow, double bubble, double, double toil and trouble. That's wonderful song that they sing at Which Universal City.
1: World. They'll already have heard because I'm going to open this episode with it. Well,
2: oh yeah, remember we went to Univer- we went to Wizarding World and they had the, the every few hours the choir would come out
1: and do something. and and
2: sing it the in the big frog. Um. Which I,
1: yeah. That's always fun.
2: Yeah. The music, it, it's much more ominous. He uses different, more like medieval type instruments. Yeah. Um, you can
1: hear like lutes and shit.
2: Yeah. It's so different. It, but I think that's why it's such a standout in terms of how this was the second and only other score to be nominated. for This, this is where we also series. get
1: our glimpse of the revamped Phileas Flitwick.
2: Yep. He does not have that big white beard anymore. Now he's short black hair. And because
1: flitwick doesn't exist in this book or i mean in in this movie
2: no he's the choir director
1: and so (laughs) he's a relative caron was like well you're not in this movie but i want you the actor to be in it
2: yeah well we talked about this
1: last time didn't we yeah yeah, because i was like
2: mike newell and you're like no alfonso caron
1: (laughs) so he makes he puts warwick as
2: the choir director
1: choir director which at that time it was still not flitwick he was just a choir director yeah but then mike newell changes him to footwork
2: he's like but you dyed your hair and i like this look yeah um
1: but then we glossed over the whole harry potter practical that. joke
2: oh you want to talk about that
1: i'm gonna try to i'm gonna see if the audio is any good if i can yeah. cut it in
2: the the behind the scenes uh video of when they're, cause Sleep, they're all, cause sleeping series, in the great hall serious yeah. black was spotted in the castle by the uh the fat lady painting and so they're like, well, for safety, you're all going to sleep in the the great hall or the great the lunchroom, <laughs> whatever, in sleeping bags. Is Fat
1: Lady politically correct even today now, though? The Fat Lady, she's gone. What, okay. what are you going to do? The plus size lady. <laughs> the pretty the, plus. The Lane Bryant model. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, she was, uh, she's different from the first. Uh-huh. She's younger than this one. She's, uh, what's her face? Isn't she the voice of? I don't know. Is it Jennifer Saunders? Oh. Um. She's the you know, in Shrek. Yeah, Sh- in Shrek too. She's like from Absolutely Fabulous.
1: Oh, yeah, I know I know who that is, but
2: Hey Google. Who plays the fat lady in Prisoner of Azkaban? Fat lady in painting was played by Don French. Oh Don French. She's the other one, not Jennifer Saunders. Don okay. french is. Because is 'cause isn't
1: Jennifer Saunders isn't she the one who was in legally blonde?
2: I don't know. <laughs> How would I know that? I've seen that movie of once. Else? Um, but yeah, um, So they're all in the Great Hall sleeping in sleeping bags and in this behind the scenes clip they're showing the filming and then Harry they kind of describe that Daniel Radcliffe put his sleeping bag kind of near a girl that he fancied yeah. some extra I think Probably. I don't know. Probably. But he kind of like oh she's cute. It's kind of so he could look at her. I don't know. Creepy just 13 year old. Just to be near her. Yeah you know do whatever you can. Um, but then all of a sudden you hear a like double door. Michael well, Gambon and Alan What Erickson he doesn't are... know is that
1: Alfonso LeCrone had slipped a, a fart, fart machine, machine
2: in his sleeping bag. Or
1: near yeah. Yeah, it. And Michael Gambon had the controller for it.
0: Action! For now, let them sleep. We've just done a take, right? We've just yeah. finished a take, and it's taken ages to get it. In our dreams, we enter completely our own world. You know, it's completely our own world. And we like to we like to swim in the deepest waters and fly they had put a fart machine into my sleeping
1: bag
2: and, <laughs> and you see alan Ruffin laughing
1: and they're still playing through the scene as if
2: they're still talking they're still hear, saying their yeah. lines but then you hear
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then you start to see like People when, are... when it first happens daniel ruckab doesn't doesn't react <laughs> a because he doesn't know it's come from him Yeah. And B, he doesn't know if... I think he doesn't know if anybody else heard it.
2: He's like, well, just continue acting.
1: Because Michael Gammon's still talking. Yeah. Doing, doing his lines. Yeah. But poor Alan Rickman is already like... He's already cracking up. Yeah. But <laughs> and the farts get weirder. Oh, more. my God. And then people start to realize something's up and they all start laughing. and it's Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, I'm going to try... I'm going to see if I can get that clip in here.
2: Hogwarts as a castle looks a little older. Has a little bit looked a different look to it. They've added a couple, we see different parts of the castle we've never seen before, like that long bridge, which was not in the first two, at least from a filming perspective. Like, we didn't see any scenes, yeah. That bridge, um, is like, on
1: the in the back of Hogwarts, right?
2: Yeah, and it becomes we see it in all the rest of the movies, it, it plays a much seen bigger it. role, it sure does later on, but yeah. Um, we get a big pendulum clock, which we said, you know, time is yeah, because really, theme. we've only ever
1: seen like the front of Hogwarts the first two times.
2: Yeah, you just kind of see, see it because you see it,
1: you establish it, and then you're in it, and that's yeah.
2: it. Hagrid's hut is a little bit different. This one, this one has a, a little back room attachment, and it's built into the mountain. It has a pumpkin patch. I know they changed that a little bit from the first two, and not
1: not enough and so it's, that it's it's jarring. But you don't. No, really... I mean
2: you still know it's Hagrid's hut. You're like, oh yeah, we've never seen it from the we've never angle. seen his backyard. Yeah, <laughs> and this was the first movie to be filmed in a practical location, not on a soundstage. Oh, uh-huh. so that made a big difference. They actually built. Hagrid's hut into an actual hillside you know and actually filming in in Scotland and actual outside and not saying there weren't any outdoor scenes in the first two but this one you get a much more feel of where they are like wow they're really in the highlands filming this and it adds so much to the movie just yeah and um yeah I don't want anything no? it's such a great movie and i a couple i got a you know a little teary during a couple of scenes last night just because as i think do, yeah. there's there's just certain shots you know when he yells "Expecto patronum uh-huh. at the end you get like the nostalgic chills because he's really coming into his own you know as a as a wizard uh-huh. at this point you're like yeah Anything we got to wrap up because we got to get to kung fu, but um.
1: No, oh, that's it. I'm done.
2: Yeah, if I forget anything, I'll just talk about the next one. Is...
1: Sure.
2: Next one, uh, Goblet of Fire. <coughs> um, this is a fun one. This was my favorite for a long time until I realized how special Band is. But I fucking love Goblet of Fire.
1: Goblet of Fire is good.
2: It's so good. It's, and a fun it's one. Such an interesting because that book is a giant book, so there is a lot taken out. But I think they. Wrapped it up pretty nicely in in the movie and
1: yeah they did a good job I mean yeah anyways we'll get to it when we get to it
2: yeah so yeah Askaban it's a good one it's a really good one that's all okay all right we'll see you next time okay okay bye
1: cool bye.